Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. Well, how's it going so far in the new year? Everything you hoped for so far? 2024. We just made a commitment, we, meaning this preacher, to learn more, something new about God and his word every day. Yep, that's quite a task. Hey, you're going to read through the Bible? If you do it normal rate, 80 hours, you're going to be through the Bible. You can actually read it three or four times this year. What have you done for God recently? Have you served him? Of course, you're reading your Bible, right? And you're praying, especially for others, maybe more than ever during these times. And uh, you're fellowshipping with other believers and you're serving in and out of the local church. That's the big four. And number one, are you in a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church? You got her going on then. Yep, something to pray about in 2024, my friend. This could be the last year you're on this earth in more ways than one could. Well, strange things are happening, so maybe Jesus will call you home. Maybe he will come. Maybe a number of possibilities there. Pray about it. We are here at the Patton household. What in the world is going on? Craziness. Confusion reigns in America. That's what. More than 85% of the illegal aliens encountered at the border are released into the interior of the United States. Following a private meeting between Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Border Patrol agents at Eagle Pass, Texas on Monday, sources in the room said that Mayorkas admitted that the current release rate for migrants caught crossing the border is above 85%. I mean, it's just, tell me that's not insane. We live here. News Nation border correspondent Allie Bradley said she spoke with sources that confirmed he indeed made that statement. Just 300,000 in December? How many millions are... Well, loose across America in so many ways. I mean, it makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. Unless you're trying to destroy this country one way or another. You should be asking the question, where's my gun? In court news, President Donald Trump was in a federal appeals court in Washington, D.C. His lawyers argued that he's shielded from any charges that he tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And of course, that went on forever. I wonder if they're going to stick with that plan throughout. Here's the $64,000 question. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, what were you thinking? So the question is, can we share thoughts and ideas from non-Christians? Well, of course we can. Uh, even thinking about Donald Trump, how could anyone who claims the name of Christ being saved support a guy like Trump? You know, here, here's how to do it, my friend. And I'm going to share another story here in just a moment. You share the concerns of the individual, not necessarily their values. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And that's the way it is with Donald Trump 100%. Although over Christmas, he gave quite a salvation message to Anyone who was willing to listen, yeah, I, it's pretty hard to ignore this guy, especially for Christians. 
Elon Musk is another one here. He's launched a barrage of messages to sound the alarm about the a lack of election integrity in America. Don't share his values, do share his concern. And the insane ease in this country in which voter fraud can be committed. That's why I think we have a fake president and vice president in the White House. In the United States of America, said Musk, you don't need a government-issued ID to vote. Can you believe that? And you can mail in your ballot? Musk said that last night. Well, I guess we should require government ID and in-person voting unless valid medical, military, etc. excuse, like other countries do. Like if you even want to buy a beer, show your ID. Oh, I agree 100%. He then said with an accompanying video, claiming that people can't figure out how to get an ID is absolutely racist and should be condemned in the strongest possible terms. Again, got to agree. Literally, the same people who said voter ID was racist also demanded that you get a vaccine ID to travel anywhere or work. Well, then he went on to feature a clip of how U.S. Speaker Mike Johnson, U.S. House Speaker Mike Johnson, spilling the beans on how some locales across America are allowing even non-citizens to vote. Wow. Isn't that just unbelievable? Yep. Absolutely agree with Elon Musk on this one. So it couldn't get any worse, eh? I'm telling you, it could be a nightmare coming up. And this is one that's starting to surface. It was talked about, oh, for months. But, uh, hey, here's one of those scary nightmare demonic scenarios. Michelle Obama replaces Biden. Many say that's exactly what's going to happen. The former president, Barack Obama, reportedly told Biden during a lunch meeting to attack former President Trump more aggressively, even suggesting the hiring of a former campaign. Well, it went on and on, of course. Biden was the big hero at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia over the weekend. Rah, rah, rah. Biden, oh, he climbed all over Trump and he just... Uh, yeah, I think he's doing exactly as Barack directs. Has from day one, he's been in the White House. Mm -hmm. It's O'Biden, that's who it is. Wow, can you imagine Michelle Obama running for president of the United States? What do you think is going to happen? It'll happen in America someday. Mass gunmen, bunch of crazies, took over a television studio in Ecuador on Tuesday, pointing their weapons at terrified staff, taking them hostage during a live news broadcast. The gunman infiltrated the studio of TC Television in Guadalcar, Ecuador, where the incident was aired live for 15 minutes before the signal was cut off, and, well, the authorities came in and got all of them. Nobody hurt, but just bizarre. Coming to America, uh, the way things are going. So have you read anything about UFOs recently? We talk about it in our new book, The Invisible War on the Saints. And oh, there are countless books written by Christians out there on what are they really. A renowned astrophysicist is calling foul on all reports of any alien sightings in Earth's atmosphere arguing that biological creatures would be unable to survive a journey to Earth. It would take about a billion years to cross from one side of the Milky Way galaxy to the other. So says Avi Loeb, 
who is a Harvard astrophysicist, basically saying, can't be, bunch of gobbledygook. Given that, I don't think any spacecraft that would arrive to us from another star would carry any creatures. His comments come amid, well, increased reports of UFO sightings in recent years with videos and pictures of supposed alien craft all over the Internet. It also comes after NASA created a new position aimed at overseeing research on UFOs. Yeah, demons. That's what, demons. America, it's all I've ever known. Some cultures are very bizarre. I look at my dogs this morning and think, you know what? They could be a evening meal in some countries. China for sure. No longer South Korea. They have banned dog meat now in that country. What happened here? Chick-fil-A's dream to build a mega restaurant in a small town down there in Tennessee was put on hold by local residents who spoke out against traffic problems. Jennifer Casey, a public information officer for Collierville, Tennessee, told Fox News that the town's leadership voted down the new and larger restaurant in their town of approximately 51,000 residents. The popular chicken chain wanted to build a 6,000-square-foot restaurant with 522 square feet of outdoor seating. The town said, no, 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 there you go. Well, I know whose side I'm on. How about you? There's a battle going on between television, well, nighttime television. It was Jimmy Kimmel, never have liked him, and Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets. Used to be with the Green Bay Packers quarterback. Oh, they've gone at it for some time. So Aaron Rodgers and, and Kimmel have this sort of ongoing feud now. They hate one another, I think, really. Kimmel accused Rodgers of being this tinfoil hat conspiracy type guy, and it had to do with the fact that Rodgers didn't want to take the vaccine during the pandemic. Remember, Aaron never took it. He had health concern reasons for not doing it. I think he was right. That's why I'm on his side. Let's be honest, a number of people never took the vaccine, right? Millions and millions. But it got into this stuff about Epstein's files, the Jeffrey Epstein Island, and who's going to be on that list, and... Rogers became very interested in the story about Epstein files and said, well, maybe Kimmel's nervous about the Epstein files being opened. And that is where the first shot was fired. That lit a fire under Kimmel. He posted on social media about Rogers saying, you can't call me a pedophile. Rogers didn't call Kimmel a pedophile, not directly. He just said maybe Kimmel's nervous. I mean, Kimmel makes a living out of tearing people apart. Yes, he does. What's good for the goose? Not good for the gander. And finally, who said that? Good question. Get in church. Stay there. Serve there. Grow there. Be there. Love there. Church. Here's another thought on church. The church cannot be the salt of the earth if it keeps sugarcoating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whoa. Oh, here's a good one. Why y'all blaming God for your problems? Most of y'all's problems came from not listening to him in the first place. Oh, that's good. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Easy to find. Invisibleforthesaints.com. 
It's helped so many people already since it came out in October, and you need to get a copy of that. I gave it to my dentist yesterday. He said, I will read it cover to cover. He claims faith in Christ should be some interesting reading there for him. I said, hey, maybe there's somebody needs some help. Get them the book. They need help. Have them get in touch with me. Invisible War on the Saints. Coming up, oh, it's happening. Sherathon here at the end of February. Going to be in Nashville for the National Religious Broadcasters. Going to be in Tampa, Florida, Southwest Radio Church. Also over there in, well, Virginia, Bristol, Antioch Baptist Church. Pastor Davis and the team looking forward to 2024 and all the things God's going to do, including our new book coming out, The New America, A Flood of Evil. Thank you for being here. You know I really do love you. Well, I'm going to share with you today a strange thing that has happened in our life over the years. I recall when I was an evangelist traveling throughout the country for a couple of decades, I thought, boy, if I ever got a church, uh, I've seen all the mistakes that pastors have made in every church I've been in. And so when I start a church, that thing is going to be top-notch, without air, everybody loving one another. I mean, it was a great dream that when I finally did get a church, that only lasted about a week. What in the world is going on? Yet that has not been my greatest hurt. Sharon and I have had six children, Jeremy, Jason, Benjamin, Rachel, Rebecca, and Sarah. I think I've shared on the broadcast before that uh, when I first got saved, and this is it, everything is going to be wonderful. I found out quickly that that was not true, being a Christian. Then when we start having children, well, every one of them is going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll be preachers, evangelists, missionaries, marry the same. Oh, boy, that uh, fell apart to this very day. Now, I can tell you here in 2024 that uh, uh, things are coming around and they're not kids anymore. 40, 50 and the sun starting to return to the fold. What are we talking about? Again, I had grandiose dreams. Every kid I dedicated to the Lord was going to serve the Lord. At one point, none of my six were serving the Lord. And so the question comes up, and you have asked, how's it going in your household? What happens when your children leave God? Well, they don't want to go to church with you anymore or follow your basic teachings of the Word of God. Patricia Rayburn had a really tough time. She was a journalist. She always thought she knew something about everything. Oh, that sounds familiar. And she said if she didn't, well, she could do a quick study on it. And any problem, any topic, she would have enough to write an article or do an interview and tell you right from wrong. How does that sound? But here was the kicker. She said when her youngest daughter, who's now 25 years of age, stopped attending church while in college, that can be a problem if it's a secular school particularly. Well, she was uh, dumbstruck because she was dating a Muslim. A Muslim, she kept asking over and over, even stumbling at the word. And this was before 9-11, so she didn't have any real knowledge of Islam, or at least enough to answer her. But here she was, praying to Allah and wearing an Islamic hijab, and I felt absolutely helpless with my daughter. Even today, after all these years, I catch my breath at the airport whenever I greet my beautiful daughter, covered in her long scars. My eyes see this picture, but it's always looking wrong. I reach with a hug, but I just, 
I want to cry every time I see her. I was torn with guilt. In fact, the first year she left the church, certain her choice condemned me as a Christian parent. I knew I was done for. I know many of you listening have this same problem. When my daughter was growing up, my newspaper career kept me so busy. I was often a stranger to my children. On too many nights and too many mornings and too many late, late nights, I rushed to cover the news story. Back home, however, I rarely took time to tell my daughters what I believed most. That is, Jesus Christ saves. Sure, we went to church every Sunday and midweek and all that stuff. Then the next day, I rushed back to the daily newspaper grind. The Sunday sermon was forgotten quickly, and now this irony. As my journalism career was winding down and I yearned for a closer walk with the Lord, my beloved youngest daughter left the faith. On Sundays, I grieved her absence in church. I held back the tears as I sat there with my husband in our pew. Everybody else seemed so happy. How would I fill that pew with peace or with joy rather than ultimate guilt? Boy, Satan works overtime, Satan and his demons, don't they? The answer to you might seem obvious. I gave the problem to God. In fact, when I beseeched the Lord, his answer was always the same. Surrender this thing to me. Out of despair and weariness, I obeyed him. For starters, I quit arguing about the religion my daughter had. Instead, in surrender, I spoke only love words. How are your classes going, honey? I asked when she called. How's your car running? Those are little love questions. God wouldn't let anything else flow from my heart. Sure, I wanted to plead to her, why not Jesus Christ? But the words, they just weren't there. Instead, I offered what God gave me, more love talk. We miss you a whole lot here. We're proud of you staying in school. Is your coat warm enough? Are you eating enough? I was obeying what God told me in prayer. I had clearly been instructed to do this, to love my grown child with abandon and to trust him. So when she collected clothes for the Muslim poor, I collected clothes for the Muslim poor. Once, when she needed a ride to her mosque, I drove her there. I put both feet down on Paul's great promise. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's my life verse, by the way, Romans 8.28. You would do well if you haven't picked one out to grab one and have it for your life verse and use it whenever you can. Uh, back to our story. She said, Moreover, I heeded the Lord's clear voice telling me to focus not on the person missing from the pew, but on the one still sitting in it, namely me. So rather than bemoan my daughter's departure from the church, I took a hard look at my own Christian walk. Only then could I see what the Lord already knew. To begin with, I needed to love more, to live beyond myself, to find a new calling to replace that disappointment, even while struggling to love all people as Christ does. So, wow, when my husband suggested that we find a charity to help rather than exchange Christmas gift, I praised the Lord and saw his guidance. And in a day, we adopted, for the holidays, a cottage of teen girls incarcerated in a youth treatment center just blocks from our home. Through my daughter's unsettling conversion, God was calling me to fill my church pew, that is, after first emptying it of pride and guilt and self-centeredness and all about me, I needed to be with Him, with His Word, His love, His grace. As I opened the handmade thank-you notes from those grateful, troubled girls and read how several longed to attend a church, I could only praise God. I'd started praying more and, in fact, embarked on a study of prayer, but this was no quick study. 
Each evening, I'd set up my desk with stacks of books on the subject, reading them prayerfully and learning to practice the presence of God. As Brother Lawrence put in his 17th century reflection, and by the way, if you've not read that little booklet by Brother Lawrence, you should. I've talked to many people that changed their life forever. That's Brother Lawrence. You can find it. Google it. Anyway, in time, I placed the matter of my daughter's salvation on the altar, even as Brother Lawrence and other warriors prayed and had done with challenges going on in their lives. And as I left it there, I came to understand that my grown child's salvation in Christ would be the Holy Spirit's holy work in his time. Freed from agony over my daughter's new faith, I filled myself in my self-directed study of Christian prayer and church history. With the Lord's help, I discovered that my gospel faith has a rugged and glorious history as stunning as the cross. The more I learned about this great faith, in fact, the more I treasured it, and the deeper I fell in love with Jesus. What a life! Our Emmanuel! God with us, indeed! And what a God to come to this earth as a man and save our contentious, worrying, guilt-ridden souls! He did it! Only such a God could replace my guilt and worry with a cottage of appreciative teenage girls and fresh knowledge of my faith in Jesus. Focusing on these girls and on the Christian condition, in fact, was a sheer delight for me. It seemed ironic that my daughter's conversion in the Muslim faith had offered me this choice, stay miserable with guilt or become an informed, more authentic Christian myself. It was a joy to immerse myself in Scripture and church history, not only memorizing comforting verses, but also studying in context what Jesus was saying and then putting his example into practice. In this way, my empty pew began to overflow. You've changed, a church friend observed. Yes, I have. I was abiding in Jesus. No quick study for me this time. I let his words seep in and direct my love for others, including my daughter, so I see her positive qualities now, not as our negative standoff. And my daughter, as a fifth-grade public school teacher, she's making a difference for others, even when I stand on the promises that God has. Your children will return to their own land, Jeremiah thirty-one seventeen. By committing to gain knowledge about prayer, meanwhile, I have learned a relationship essential, how to listen to God. Listen to God, my friend. That's what I did. To my husband, to my daughter. And as our arguments cease, the strife has been replaced with peace and an unspeakable joy. How will this story turn out? Well, the question might be, how is your story going to turn out? Only God knows. For now, I let love fill my church pew. So when my daughter returns to the church, she'll find room on our crowded bench, but also a richer place in her mother's expanded heart. Why is that? Because God is dwelling there now. Wow, that's powerful. If you have a child that is backslidden and away from God, this was a good message for you. And I'm sure there are many people listening right now. This shoe fits. Why not wear it? And finally, this is a good one. There's Fred and Luke, farmers fishing on the side of the road. They made up a sign there. The end is near. Turn around now before it's too late. They showed it to all the passing cars. One driver, he didn't appreciate it, screamed out, Leave us alone, you religious nutcases. And all of a sudden, there was a big splash. Fred grinned at Luke and said, Do you think maybe we should put up a sign that says, Bridge out instead? <laughs> I think that would work better.
Oh, come on. We can still be friends. I need another. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Be my friend on Facebook. Want to hear last week's program, last month? Huh? GregPatton.com. Or you can go to uh, whcbradio.org. Follow the links. Oh, and for your information, February the 25th, open. We're going to be down in Tennessee. If you'd like to have us come to your church, get in touch, gregpatton.com. And that's it. Had my say for another day. And that's the way it is. Wednesday, January the 10th, 2024. I am Greg Patton. God bless. Have a good one.